0: today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've uh, talked at length uh, over the last several weeks, months, years uh, about China and the deterioro- uh, deteriorating relationship uh, China has with the free world, including Canada, the two Michaels, which uh, I believe today uh, we're now over 900 days that the two Michaels have been, uh, have been held captive uh, in China. Uh, you might remember way back when, when they had their uh, one baby uh rule Uh, that was it we had to control the population they said and uh you're only allowed to have one now they're saying that wasn't such a smart idea and now you should be having two or three uh what does this mean and can you engineer your society this way let's bring in gordon holden director of the china institute professor of political science university of alberta with us now gordon thank you for the time i hope you're doing well
1: i'm doing well but thank you scott
0: uh, hasn't China learned they um, they can't keep uh, dealing with uh, with and trying to manufacture society this way? Uh, what is the latest plan, and are are Chinese jumping on board?
1: Well, those are two really important questions. I think on the first one, I think there is a realization in the hierarchy of the party that that element of social engineering certainly worked. I mean, they are drastically controlling uh, fertility of women, um, setting rules that made it virtually impossible to have more than one child, they did slow the birth rate. But they created a, a demographic cliff, which means now their population is just about to start shrinking in the same way as occurred in, in Japan and in Korea. It's not always by government fiat. So that's that's, um, the, that's the history that i have had to confront. The second question, um, can they do much about it? I have my doubts because uh, Chinese society is much more open than it was before. Um, Women have choice. It's one thing to say you can't have more children. It's another thing to say you should have more. There will be couples of two or three, but it's fiendishly expensive to live in Chinese cities. Apartments are tiny, very costly. Uh, While education is in theory free, in reality, if your kid is going to compete to get into good schools or university, mountains of money have to be spent on tutoring, etc., healthcare is costly although in theory free so i just don't think that the average chinese urban person is going to change their their family size because of they've taken the coercion and the penalties away
0: Could China not see this coming? I mean, do we not have enough studies that when in modeling that when we start to alter the population, what the fallout will be 5, 10, 15, 20 years uh, from now? I mean, you know, for example, when when they said that said only have one child, uh, most of them seem to keep boys and put the girls up for adoption. And we remember seeing that in Canada uh, a couple of decades ago. How did they not see this coming?
1: Well, I think some saw it coming. But the party, Deng Xiaoping had personally endorsed and brought into this policy in 1980, and it wasn't easily undone. The whole bureaucracy was built up to enforce it, and some of the outcomes were more negative than kids being put out for adoption. In some cases, there was female infanticide to the point that there are now tens of millions of Chinese men who won't find brides because they're just not there. So it's, again, when you tinker with these things, nature a long time ago figured out a balance, I suppose. When you tinker with it, especially in a huge country like China, the consequences are very great. But I will say this, though. To me, the idea that Chinese population will will shrink gradually for a period, that's not the end of the world. In 1949, when they were established, the population was 540 million. Now it's 1.4 billion. Uh, it's a very hard environment. I think it lowers the quality of life, which I need a lot because of overcrowding. Yes, it'll have negative economic in, in implications because nothing they do is going to slow the uh, the short to medium-term decline.
0: What about any incentive? Uh, it's one thing to say you should have more kids or you're allowed to have more kids. Are they providing any incentive to do that?
1: They say they will. You know, Watch for details. But it won't be easy. Um, one of the things they, they need to do, for example, is uh, uh, paternal leave is almost non-existent. Maternal leave is in um, a, a couple of months often. Uh, they, they need to drastically expand that. They're all going, also going to have to do some of the things that are done, would have to do some of the things that are being done in Canada in terms of uh, bringing in more accessible, more affordable child care, etc. But the, the reality is, uh, very often, um, Chinese families have gotten used to having one child. To urban young urban women, uh, don't want large families. When I served in Taiwan, where there was not a, a, a policy on limiting family size, um, urban women in their 20s and 30s, they didn't want either. Didn't want to get married, or more often, just wanted one child or max two. So I, I think these societal views that are pretty are pretty baked in, and I suspect they'll have very little impact. Now, over time, the population will stabilize at a lower level. It'll have a big effect on how dynamic the economy is, less dynamic over time, just like in Japan. But um, changing it, I think, would take a tremendous amount of tinkering. In the West, we haven't had great success in increasing family size, our number of births. It's been tried in many countries in Europe. Very mixed or, or modest success. Just very hard to change people's attitudes.
0: So how does this what does this mean for China's future? I mean, you know, you, know you were talking about the situation regarding one child and the, how they were favoring males. And now it's created a situation where there's, uh, you know, a large portion of Chinese men who will never be married as a result of this. So how does this What does the next 20, 30, 40 years look for look look like for them?
1: Well, I think they're, they'll be on a, glide, on a glide path towards a smaller population. How small it goes, it's an interesting question, just, just like in Japan, because there'll be countercurrents uh, eventually. But what's happening already, uh, the, the numbers of people in what they call the economically active category, which for reasons I don't perfectly understand is 15 to 65, uh, that percentage of the population is already beginning to drop. And while a few years ago they had eight people working for every retiree, Now it's going to be um, just three or four. And we're facing some of those same challenges in this country as well. But, uh, it's going to mean a less dynamic, uh, less dynamic economy. Those growth rates of the past will be hard to achieve, just like they have been very hard to achieve in Japan. Question will be how long will the decline take? They don't like immigration. Uh, and so that option is not open to them as it is to us. I would say the population could drop. Um, and this is not knowable, I won't be around to see, but it could go down as low as below a little billion uh, to about 900 million, 800 million, that's possible. To me, that's not the end of the world. Um, it's already too populated. It's very hard in the environment, bad for biodiversity and not good for quality of life. So I take, a, I take a more calm view of this, but for the economists or those who want to just calculate GDP and national power, it's not good
0: you're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You talked about immigration. You mentioned immigration. Obviously, you know, countries like Canada, we've got the same sort of issue. We're not having as many kids as we used to. So obviously, uh, we allow more in to make up for that. Uh, not the case in China. Would that change?
1: I don't see it's changing. Now, There's maybe a million um, foreigners in China at any given time, a ballpark. Um, foreign students, but a lot of workers in specialized uh, with specialized skills, but they don't generally um, achieve citizenship status. They're there to work uh, and they'll, they'll carry out their jobs or money and eventually go back to their home countries. It's just not in the East Asian spirit to have immigration. And that's true for Korea. It's largely true for Japan. Those countries, Taiwan, uh, those countries are not keen. There have been some immigrants, um, some cases, it drifts into trafficking of, say, Vietnamese mm. women into China. That's obviously not a, a terrible thing. Uh, but I, I don't think immigration, the numbers have to be very, very large to counteract what will be the shrinking numbers of, of births, is already the shrinking number of births. Uh, this is going to be China's future for the next several decades. It doesn't mean disaster. It just means a little bit less dynamic and uh, not the same Uh, same growth that we've become very used to.
0: Gordon, I can't let you go without asking you uh, about the two Michaels now uh, at the over 900 days that they have uh, been held. Uh, We're hearing that they are getting consular services. Any more to add to this?
1: Well, just observation that uh, it's a tragic situation. One came from my home province of Alberta, the other Michael Kovrig. I knew briefly while still in the Foreign Affairs Department, Global Affairs Canada, it's a terrible human tragedy for those two. I don't see an early end. In fact, I am pessimistic that they will be released before Ronald Mongeau is still detained here in Canada or the United States. So I'm uh, thinking of them. Concert access is great. And I will get letters, some books, and meet a friendly face from the embassy. Um, But it's not... They're still in in tough conditions in a Chinese jail. So I welcome that concert access. But for them, this is a must seem endless struggle and suffering Um, uh, for two innocents. It's a terrible thing to happen.
0: The fact that they are getting this access now or there's chatter of it, which we didn't hear before. Does that change things? Is that a positive sign? Does that mean it's moving in a certain direction?
1: Well, it's, it's positive in the sense that, uh, that any improvement is an improvement, and that should be welcome. It had consequences assets and off again. Covid nineteen was a large excuse to not provide it. That seems to now have been overcome, um, but none of that means I means liberty or freedom. I and mean, the least that should be done for them, of course, the best would be simply released. The least that should be done would to move them into some comfortable house arrest somewhere. Um, China's not sure of spaces where this could be done. Nobody's going to be able to escape. That would be the decent thing to do. Something that would even become remotely similar to conditions that Meng Wanzhou has in Vancouver would be a drastic improvement, where they're able to receive family visitors um, once COVID allows it. They haven't seen family since okay. they've been arrested, and the only people they see are, are I believe, kind people. I know who they are, from the embassy, uh, bringing missives from their families and books, etc., but... This is not a, uh, a proper situation, and as much could be done short of release to make their lives more bearable. Uh,
0: the, the, with the situation, the extradition hearing regarding the Huawei CFO has been pushed back. I think it's now late summer, August. They're talking uh, about resuming. Uh, your thoughts on the, the status of that case?
1: Well, these, we have good lawyers, and Madam. Mong has good lawyers. The Crown has put forward good lawyers. Uh, these things can take years. I mean, very, I don't want to be discouraging for the family or for others who are caring about the uh, two Michaels, but, uh, this thing is far from on its course. And quite frankly, if the decision went against her, um, in terms of going to, to willingness of the Canadian side to extradite her, they, she has a broad range of appeals open to her right up to the Supreme Court. So literally, this could take years before it's resolved. Hmm. I think more likely is the United States and China cutting some of, sort of deal. I'm, I'm not suggesting that's imminent, uh, but to me, that's uh, a possibility.
0: Gordon Holden with us, a Director of the China Institute and Professor of Political Science, University of Alberta, talking about China easing its birth limits and, of course, the two Michaels. Gordon, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well.
1: Thank you so much, and uh, uh, best wishes to you as well. Take care, Scott.
0: The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.